Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We're speaking today to Steve Swatton, who is CEO and President of K2 Gold. They're part of the Discovery Group. They're a gold exploration business focused on California, which has traditionally been quite a hard place to get permitting uh, through. They have recently, however, received their drill permit for their 16-hole drill program for the rest of this year. They've got just enough cash to get them through uh, that. They may need to raise money in the new year for a 30-hole program, which they've just applied for. So we talk about their business plan, how they hope to deliver that, and what the uh, rest of the Discovery Group is doing to help. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Steve, how are you doing, sir? Good. Thanks very much. Well, thanks for joining us. You're another, yet another Discovery Group uh, company. I think I think we've interviewed we've interviewed Great, Great Bear, Bluestone, Fireweed, Valor, and and you now. So if, if I get another three, I think I get the luxury Christmas hamper, don't I? Is that is that how it works? Yeah, yeah. We'll be getting something. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, hey, um, why don't? Because your story's new to us and the viewers. So why don't you kick off? Give us a one minute overview, and then we'll pick it up from there. Okay, so um, K2 Gold is an exploration company. We've got assets in California. Uh, we used to be based um, with our projects up in the Yukon, but um, Discovery Group decided that, um, well, K2 in particular and Discovery Group in general decided that, you know, having worked with Kamenak in the past in, in the Yukon, it's not the easiest jurisdiction to work and more than that, it's very expensive to work. So we looked at the market, looked at the situation decided that probably somewhere in the US would, would suit us better with the experience base that we had. So we went to uh, Nevada, had a look around, and then it's coincidentally that I'm next door but one to Chris Taylor on the, uh, in the office there, and he mentioned a project that he used to have himself in the past, 2013. So he brought it to my attention. I went down and had a look at it. The vendor is uh, an interesting guy, quite quirky, but um, reasonable. Um, it took me a long time to do the to do the negotiation with him, but worked out in the end. And um, yeah, we ended up with the project. Uh, John Robbins then went down and had a look at it. It's an exploration play, Walker Lane type material, not so dissimilar from what we knew from Northern Empire. I don't remember that one, which Discovery Group had sold to Cook for just over 100 million. It's in the same belt. It's a uh, similar sort of rocks, had 35 holes drilled onto it. But the big issue in this part of the world is it's California and it's getting the drill permits and everything else. So, you know, a lot of negativity around that aspect, but things have changed, as you know. Yep. Well, you're going to tell us a bit more about that in a second. Can you just uh, kick off, give us a little bit of uh, background on you? What, where have you worked? Uh, yeah, I've worked for, in the past for a majors Rio Tinto BHP. I guess the most senior role I had was head of business development for BHP's exploration division out of Singapore. Worked for Lucas for a, a year or two, um, and then um, I worked for various junior companies as well, and have also been an analyst. So I've sort of been on all sides of the the game here, and I, I feel like I tread my foot in both camps. But um, prior to prior to prior to this job with John, I mean, how I got to know the Discovery Group was I was in BHP and we did a deal with John, and that's how I got to know him over 25, 30 years ago, and uh, John Robbins, that is. And, you know, here I am here today looking at this. He, he mentioned that he wanted me to take a look at a, a different project that he was working on, but we ended up with this one in California. Fantastic. Well, g given that you've um, had all of those different roles, you should know what you're doing then, I would have thought. So this should be a good conversation. 
<laughs> so why don't we why don't we kick off first with um, an idea of what the plan was? You've been there about three years, uh, and the business in its current form has been around sort of similar periods. So, what was it at that time you guys set out to try to do with this asset? This asset has lain dormant for a while, but the issue with this asset really was that everybody maintained it could not get a drill permit. You would not be able to extend it further than it already is because this part of California has got a lot of eyes on it. There's a lot of environmental groups um, and in particular Sierra Club have have highlighted almost every project in the Eastern Sierra for some sort of um, special treatment, shall we call it. And um, look, if you look at the history of this part of the world, it's quite interesting that Pine Creek, which is just outside of a, a small town called Bishop, actually was the largest tungsten mine in the world at one stage. Well, now it's a place where you would like to have a nice cappuccino. And um, it is one of those places that's changed somewhat from its original form. But where we're near in Lone Pine, it's, it's still a little bit more, um, if you say, down to earth. It's a place that um, is, uh, I would I would say wanting to become a, a, um, a little bit more advanced, but the only industry in town is tourism. Um, it's passing tourism. You're on the way from somewhere to somewhere else. So it's it's an interesting part of the world that would benefit from maybe a little bit more more diversity than it already has. And when we when we look at this this project in general, it it's you can't see it from the road. However, it's, it's a project that you could easily see possibly a, a mine behind a hill, but not visual from the road. It, but we're in early days. We have no idea whether this will be developed obviously into a mine or anything else, but it has the hallmark of something good. So when we went into to have a look at it, it seemed to have all the hallmarks and it had some drilling in the past. It's been endorsed actually by both Newmont and BHP in the past. And there's reasons why those companies pulled out and I could go into those if you want me to. But it, the only and you know uh, the only negativity about this particular asset was the fact that it's in this part of California, which seemed to be something that we would attempt to unlock. Well, let, let me just address a couple of things that you've said there. You say, okay, Newmont and BHP have endorsed it uh, at some point in the, in the distant past, but I've walked away. I'm going to assume, just in terms of dealing with this very, very quickly, that it didn't achieve the type of scale or profile that they needed, which doesn't necessarily make it a bad target. It just means it's not big enough for them. No, that's not the place, actually. I'll just, uh, I'll be very brief in how I describe what happened. In 1983, this area was discovered um, by Mobile. And uh, in 1994, uh, they drilled... Um, two or three um, at two or three locations. This was Newmont. Newmont went into the uh, property, but at the time is in a wilderness study area. Wilderness study area, there's no way that you could actually um, do any anything further than exploration. You, you had no right to mine. 1994, interesting, the democratic government at the time decided to take this area out of a wilderness study area because they were created the Death Valley National Park. And they took it out because it has resource potential. Um, the, the vendor then did a deal with BHP. BHP in 1994 took it over and drilled it in 97. And there's internal reports which are extremely positive. However, and I, I joined BHP shortly after this, a few years later, there was, um, there was a mandate within the company that they were going to pull out of all gold exploration. 
Um, and I knew that I know the geologists, or I knew the geologists who were involved in this. And they said it was the most disappointing thing that they had in North America. This was their best project, but because they couldn't see five million ounces in it, it was three to five million ounces they had to sort of a, 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 you know be able to see. They had to pull out of the project, and it went back to the vendor. But then it went into litigation. The pro project, so it's had a bit of a sort of dodgy past, if you like. But there's reasons why. It, what happened happened and it's not necessarily because of the lack of resource potential okay you were talking about it's not in the right part of california in terms of um the cafe latte society um so how how, how why should investors be looking at this if, if we're gonna maybe have problems further down the line no um yes very good question but here's the here's the short answer um the local community are very much um if you like, down-to-earth people who have jobs such as low-paid jobs, such as um, waiter, waiters, waitresses in, in uh, restaurants, there's a few restaurants, there's a few gas stations. It's really, you're on your way to somewhere else. So the working class people there, if you like, the, the people who do the real work are very, I would say, supportive of what we're trying to do. It's the people who move in, who have other ideas as to how the economy should work. They're the ones who are actually... Uh, the, the individuals that have some issue with it. But I would say in general, and even the local super, county supervisor, which is the mayor, has gone on record uh, um, just last month with the Sierra Club in their magazine saying there's a case as a result of the COVID situation for um, more diversity would be welcome in this, in this county. This is the second least populated county in California with 1.7% of the of the land area is actually taxable. The rest of it is public land. Of the public land, over 60% of it is in wilderness. They don't have a lot of resources to draw upon to actually support the local community. And so we think that as fortunate as it is with the COVID situation, there is no, no gonna be no industry in that part of the world. There's gonna be no tourism for the next maybe year, year and a half. Now. I think it, 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 it behoves them to not give us at least a chance to get going in that area. This, the local people seem to support. It's the people from you know, other areas that have either retired there or have another gender that are the ones who are opposed to us. Okay, so you've just, you've just got your drill permit through, which suggests there's some positive movement. Uh, there's some... And, well, I guess endorsement in a way of doing what you're doing. But so how have you managed to get that given the environment that you've just described? Yeah, the, the drill permit had already been granted to Silver Standard. They were the last people who owned it in 2015. The drill permit was granted to them, but they decided that they didn't want to be involved in exploration. So we inherited this drill permit. But what we tried to do is we um, looked at where they were drilling and there was a little bit of sort of, if you like, resource definition on trying to go to the outside of the known resource. So we decided that we would try and slightly modify this drill permit so that we could drill a fan drill from four of the seven sites which were already um, allowed by under this under this permit. Now, going backwards and forwards with the BLM, anybody will... will test to you know support what i'm going to say is that it's, a, it's, a, it's an involved bureaucratic process that you go backwards and forwards even down to nuts and bolts and all this how much this is going to cost that's going to cost and it takes a while 
what we found is actually just now these people have been fairly receptive to you know um their turnaround time with the blm is a lot quicker than was anticipating so we actually got this drill permit a lot quicker than we thought we might well have got it in the past so now that we've got this drill permit we've also applied for a larger drill permit and we're in the process we've already so that's going to be a 30 site program but once we've got our foot on the ground with these four sites that we're drilling right now i think there would be a case to suggest that yeah okay these guys are doing a good job they're working in the area and hopefully we'll get a little bit more support for the 30 hole program once we go for it now certain elements of the population obviously will be against whatever we do but we're hoping there's a certain element also will be supported because we'll be providing jobs to the local community, rev you know, uh, revenue through all of the things that we're buying in the local community. The local community is only 2,000 people. We will, we could make a significant difference to Lone Pine in California. Is is, are there Democrats uh, in power in, in your state or in California? I can't quite remember. Yes, they are. Right. Eastern California tends to be a little bit more red than, than blue. Right. In some respects. But it, 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 it is along partisan lines like that. But I would say you look at each, like if you go to Bishop Latte place that I was talking about, it, it's got a different feeling to it than it has. And it's 54 miles away. It's not exactly next door. Okay. So you're not worried about what happens after the US elections in November then? Because you're already in a democratic environment like anything we're in an environment now Matt, where anything can happen and then anything is, is possible yes uh if we turned around things might get a little tougher but the feeling is, is it's a bit like trying to to move a, an oil tanker once you've once you've got this process on its way it'd be a bit difficult to turn it around if you're demonstrating that you are creating jobs you are creating um some income for the for the local people when there's no other sources of income to be had other than some low paid jobs locally so look even if trump loses in november he's probably not going to be out the door until january we have a little bit of time to work here it's not i'm not endorsing his you know his political agenda or whatever but the the blm sort of danced to a slightly different tune yesterday ultimately the buck stops with him but um i think there is a feeling that the 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 land in U.S. needs to have a little bit more um, diversification than just necessarily tourism. And this was, as I mentioned, Matt, it was taken out of the wilderness study area because it's got resource potential. And this is something that our lawyer in Sacramento is actually sort of trying to look into to see, well, what are the legal implications? You know, is this something that we can we can actually use to support our case? Okay, I appreciate you talking about that. We, I, I just. Given the current environment and given the environment that you described coming into this, I think it's it's useful for investors to understand what may be coming down the line. And um, look, let, let's talk about share price. Two months ago, twenty-four cents. End of May, yeah. twenty-four cents. Today, sixty-one. People obviously got very, very excited. You know about the news, um, about what you're going to be able to do and the program that you're outlining. So maybe if you can just quickly run through that for us so we understand the extent of what it is that you're going to try to do. Yeah, so look, um, our, exp our marketing budget, our exploration budget, it was very difficult to talk about something when you have nothing really to say. I mean, we, we can talk about all the fantastic um, rock intersections that we've had, all of the trenching, all of the soil sampling, and honestly, it all holds together very nicely. 
And they would say, that's great, but it's California. So we needed to have to prove that we could actually do something other than just scratch the surface and take a few rock samples. So it was, it was a situation where I didn't actually go out really. And like I haven't talked to you, you've talked to every one of the other discovery group companies. I thought until I have something to say, I don't want to sort of come out and, and explain something that I may never be able to, to do. So that in, in itself explains why the share price did what it did. Also, let's face it, in a, in a rising tide, all ships sort of float, don't they? And, and we were one of those that came up with that. And um, it's a discovery, when some people did, found out it was a discovery group company, we also, even if people didn't know what we were, we, we rose. But once I, I sensed that we might be getting somewhere with the BLM, um, it became apparent that, yeah, okay, this company may well have something that's undervalued compared to, say, what Corvus, what Beatty District, which is um, uh, to the northeast. It's the same geology to a large extent, as is core to the south, K-O-R-E, to the south in Mesquite. We have similar stuff, but we were, our market cap, our valuation was so much less, and yet it's a discovery group company. And as you say, we have a, a slight... Um, following and people will say well hang on well, this group are doing something but i haven't really heard about them. and that's what's happening we just suddenly played catch up so okay i get that so you're talking about coming from a low base because you haven't done any marketing you haven't gone out and told the story but you know blm being part of discovery group that's one thing but now you're gonna have to get motoring okay you you've seen a more than doubling in your share price just on some news but you're also now going to have to deliver. So again, do you mind if you get into what is it that you're going to, you've set out yourself out to do? When are you going to deliver it by? What's it going to cost you? And you know, and, you know when when should we be talking next? We've already earmarked uh, a drill rig. Uh, we think we can get onto the ground probably by the end of August. Uh, beginning of September would be um, desirable. End of August, beginning of uh, September. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be drilling um, 16 holes. And then the, the idea is once we have those 16 holes drilled, look, we evaluate it. We've already applied for the 30 hole program that we're going to be doing. The cost of this um, uh, program is fairly expensive because we are bound to have to do a heliborne program, helicopter supported. This part of the world, that's fairly unusual. So in answer to your question, is it going to, you know, are we are we going to be able to do it in a, in a fast time? It really depends on a couple of things. California wildflyers are going to be going on fairly soon. So we're going to try and secure a helicopter from Canada. And the, the probably the drill rig is an RC lightweight rig, also from Canada. Okay, it increases the cost in what we're trying to do. Because we don't really want to suddenly have uh, helicopters pulled from beneath us. And also we want to do the best job we can environmentally as well. It's got to be one that we go in quickly, turn around, move on. And then the moving on is maybe next year or the following year. Next year, hopefully, we'll be able to do the 30-site program. And that would give us an indication as to whether this is actually a resource that could be something of interest. Okay, so that's it. Why RC? Why, why are you starting with that? It's a smaller, lighter rig. It, moves around the property a little easier we have to use less water it's just easier to maneuver and also you can bring it in on a particular type of helicopter that's less expensive than the heavier ones there is a road on site 
BHP drilled, um, put it in in 1994, but we're having to go through the uh, process of, of applying to the BLM to use this road. And it's quite an involved process, but that's what we've applied for, for the 30 site program. So do you think in, because you, you talked about, was that sounds to me like eight, 12, 18 months, possibly 24 months before you get onto the 30 whole program. Is that, is that right? Is that what I'm hearing? So I'm, I'm going to say conservatively, that would be the outer, outer. You just don't know what this is. You know, the, our lawyer, the lawyer in Sacramento thinks that we have a fairly good. What we've actually done here, Matt, is quite interesting. We have a an area within the property that we're looking at that has had biological studies. It's done all of the um, studies that we need to say, yes, within this area, you can do a bunch of work. What we're trying to do is instead of doing the heliborn helicopter support, we're saying, well, can we bring it in on, on the road? And this is taking us a little bit longer to get through that. But everything around, you know, is there endangered species? No, there's nothing endangered in the area. Is there anything that is, should prevent us from doing it? No, nothing. It's just the fact that how much more backwards and forwards there would be with a, with a 30 site um, road um, exploration program would be quite different from a heliborn. So we're having to just go through the backwards and forwards of understanding how much more, if you like, damage that would cause. Because at the end of the day, it, you can't continue to drill by helicopter. It's just, it's prohibitive. So we need to get this road reclaimed. Okay. And it would be a simple blade. But that's a quite a length of time, even if it's a conservative estimation, to keep and sustain people's attention on something like this, which is a you know fairly early stage exploration program. This is the first drilling that you're going to be doing. So, you know, does it sound like quite hard work for you? I mean, aren't there better targets within the discovery group? <laughs> You're a good one. Um, this is potentially a very large resource. And when I say conservative, I think you're on the outside of the expectations. We could be on here as early as the end of this year if everything goes to plan. I don't think that's too hard an ask for the shareholders to hang on until December, January. Uh, but I didn't expect to be on this interview with you talking about our drill program because I had no idea when I was going to receive this permit. We could get it. We could get this permit much quicker than anticipated. But now we've established the relationship in a COVID-style situation where nobody's working from an office. I was hoping to be able to go down there, waltz into the office, explain my situation while we live in a different environment. But I would say that they're being very cooperative. Yes, we could get it quicker. Okay. How much cash have you got? We've got 1.3 at the moment. Um, and uh, we have some warrants that are being exercised currently. Yes, 800,000 for the drill program. You're right. I'm, I'm doing the maths too. So what are you going to do? Well, everything's on the table at the moment. And look, we're in a, in a market that seems to support financings and some fairly hefty ones. So yeah, we're going to have to finance for the second round of drilling for sure. But we have enough for this first round. Okay, so you're, it'll be tight, but you've got enough for this first round. Okay. And yeah. you, but you know, now is the environment to go and ask for money. I mean, just, just ask Bluestone and Great Bear. You know, they've got to raise, you know, a lot of money, especially Bluestone. Um, do you feel that your group is capable, therefore, it has the relationships, therefore, to help you raise capital should you decide that you want to get money earlier? Absolutely, Matt. This is this is the one of the beauties of being a part of this group. Okay. Um, 
so is that a consideration then? Or are you going to try and take it down to the wire? No comment. Yes. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Well, fine. I, I just. I just think it's important because, you know, again, people need to know what they're getting into. You know, taking it down to the wire is fine because it's anti-dilutory and you'll know more and therefore hopefully, you know, the, the, the capital will be cheaper. But at the same time, having the certainty of cash in the bank is also quite comforting um, depending on, you know, how things turn out with the drill bit. So that's why I just want to sort of understand what's going on in your head. What are the conversations at board level? Because you know you've got quite a few of the discovery group guys sitting on your board, and I just wonder what the input, what the advice from them is when you know you're chairing that conversation. Well, at the moment, this is the best thing that we've seen. This asset is one of the best things. If we can raise money in a really poor market, and we did, I'm, I'm a feeling that if we're getting some reasonable results. And I expect some reasonable results from this first drill program. I would imagine that we'll be sitting in a fairly comfortable position. So am I concerned? Not particularly, because I, I'm pretty confident that as a Discovery Group member, as you say, with colleagues like Bluestone and Great Bear, yes, we can raise the money if we needed to. Okay, so so let's take a, let's take a look at to you know the rest of this year. Obviously, you're in Vancouver at the moment. I mean, how are Things. I mean, is it all desk research at the moment? Are people on the ground at the moment? You know, having conversations in California with mines and uh, mines and money, the uh, mining department down there. Yeah, uh, look, it's been a little challenging. If you have a Canadian project, you're fine, but if you're trying to go overseas, we have to have the two-week quarantine at the moment on the way back, and there's a little uncertainty as whether you drive across or go, go across, but. What we have is we have obviously um, American consultants helping us out on that end of it. And as we now have got the drill pr permit approved, we're going to have to try and work out who's going to be sitting on that, that drill for us. Um, we're all based here. We do have people down there. Yes, it's, it's something that we, we will, it, it's a week to week change, you know? Yeah. So we'll have to address it as it comes up like if we're going to be drilling by the end of august which is giving us about a month from now anything can happen but i think we got to I have to assume we're going to be using americans and look our vpx is an american as well so maybe he'll he'll go down okay and just goes again find just final thoughts on the actual asset so obviously you said bhp newmont have had a look at this you must know something before you start drilling there must be some data What's it telling you or what are your hopes for what you've got? Because in the PowerPoint, you talk about high-grade oxide at surface. Yeah. Well, what we've realized now is we've done a worldview study, which is an alteration, high-quality mapping type tool. And the geology really is hosted in structures within sediments. I'm a geologist by background. You look at it, it's actually no different from anything else we see in the area. So based on that and where the previous people have drilled, we can see that. If you're drilling along the structures, you're going to get somewhere between half and one gram and up to what well, we have one undrilled trench of 42 meters of four grams, which BHP put in. OK, we're getting up to some high, high values here. The resource calculations that both Newmont's Great Bear and a really sort of arm waving one that uh, BHP did seem to suggest there's it's a million ounce type ore body in the same sort of grades as core mining have got which is just north of uh, half a gram and corvus and all these other ones up in Beatty have got so we're in the same sort of ballpark as those people are it's at surface um 
yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine that these four holes, these four sites we're going to drill will be replicating what we already kind of know is in that general area. The sites aren't exactly on the same location as before, but they're fairly close. And what's, what's the fast track plan to exit, whatever that may be? You're an explorer developer type of company. Is that what I'm buying into? Yes, you're, it's an explorer developer, but we do have one group, uh, Bluestone, as you, you've interviewed before. They're going to fruit to development. Look, anything can happen, Matt. We don't really know. Discovery Group are actually morphing into something that they originally they were just a bunch of good old boys, you know, doing exploration, you know, up in northern Canada. And we've morphed into this other thing where suddenly we've got all of these different companies doing pretty well in different areas. There's a lot of money being brought in. Look, John is extremely good at bringing in the right type of people for the right job. And if the, if the group wants to grow and become a developer, so be it. But that's not the sort of modus operandi of the company, as I understand it. Okay, you descri- you've described the fast track process at the end of this year with the cash that you've got available to you, the limited cash you've got available to you. So let's assume you raise some capital, new year or end of this year. How do you speed things up and move through 2021 in some sort of style which shows that, you know, the market that you're going places and, you know, we should be listening to you versus the other companies which have got kind of similar projects to you? Yeah, we're going to be doing a more intense project on the ground with, we have other targets that we need to be looking at. We have other targets on site. We'll be extending this, you know, dialogue with BLM as far as we can do it. We will then be subsequent to the 30 hole program, but we'll be looking at something even larger since then. So we have this project that we're going to be working on with both on the ground. We're going to be looking at the, the alteration areas that the the project mat is about 10 kilometers by three kilometers long in that there's 12 different targets we're only looking at three of them we have plenty of other areas we can be looking at there's a certain amount of work that we can be doing without having to go to permission to the blm when we want to drill it that's when they get involved there's a lot that we've been working on there'll be a lot of news coming out and of course everything that we learn um sort of um, adds to the information that we already know on the property and i imagine that anybody who's a medium-sized company and we have been talking to them already are taking a close look at what we have in this area so we'll be extending dialogues with uh, larger companies as well as to this is a good part of the world you know we're close to nevada it could be better it's just can we unlock the californian angle i hope you can Steve, thank you very much for running through that story. First time we've heard it. Um, like you say, you've got a few things going for you. People are looking at you because you're part of the Discovery Group. Um, and thanks for breaking down the California angle there as well. So it sounds, sounds positive, but obviously a few hurdles to overcome before then. And uh, best of luck with your drilling. And keep that news coming. That's what we want to hear. Yeah, will do. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.